Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR dashboard company that knows that all of you HR and people leaders out there hate the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process of HR reporting. That's right. Most of you, when it comes time to pulling on your data together, trying to get a data-driven view of your workforce, or logging in all these different HR systems, pulling spreadsheets, trying to pull it together, and it causes nothing but frustration and a lot of time that you could be spending on something else. Well, look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle, a people dashboard that has pre-built integration connectors to all the most popular HR systems you're using out there. You're using ADP, Bamboo, Namely, Zenefits, Reflective, 15.5, Lattice, you name it. All these systems, you just simply connect to them and automatically pull in all your data so you can view, share, track, and analyze it all from one place. We know that you're interested. Go to EmployeeCycle.com. Check us out. We would love to give you a demo and help explore how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, James Biro. He's the HR Director at Elite Transit Solutions. And today we're going to discuss how to overcome hiring challenges in a tight labor market. James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Pumped to be here. Of course, of course. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. We're super excited. And so, James, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Yeah, absolutely. That's a a fantastic question. So, you know, I graduated uh, with my undergraduate degree um, back in 2012. So I've been in the workforce now for right around uh, nine years or so. Uh, and in that time, I started my career in recruitment. Um, I started working uh, in educational recruitment. Uh, and then that passion for recruitment led me into talent acquisition, you know, a few years after school. And that has just allowed me to move through the ranks and through the wonderful world of human resources. And I think that, you know, when anyone asks me, you know, why human resources or why are you in this field? You know, one of the things that I love to do most professionally is solve complex problems. Uh, and find solutions to those problems. And I think that at times people problems can be some of the most complex in business. So it definitely keeps me moving, keeps me uh, on my toes and uh, makes every day a little bit fresh. So that's kind of my reason for getting into the field, how I got there and why I stay here. Got it. Thanks for that background, James. So today we're talking about overcoming hiring challenges in a tight labor market. But to make sure that the audience understands the context of your business and what we're talking about here, the first thing I want to do is give a timestamp that today is May 24th, 2021. That's important because if you're listening to this three months from now, it might be a totally different world based off of what we just went through for the past 12 months. So definitely want to give a timestamp. But on your side, James, to provide some context into your organization today, can you let us know what your company does? Where are you located or where are your multiple locations? And what is the status mix of your employee types, part-time, full-time contract, et cetera? Sure thing. So uh, I work for uh, a Pittsburgh-based company. 
Uh, we also have locations in Charlotte and Chicago. In addition to that, we are a third-party logistics company. And so that means that we serve as that middle entity um, between our clients and the shipment and delivery of their goods. So making sure that you know their goods get from location A to location B uh, on time uh, with as little issue and disruption as possible. So we're doing that all over uh, the U.S. Got it. And in regards to your employee types, what does that look like? Mostly part-time, mostly full-time, a little bit of both? Yeah, our, our employee type is mostly full, the full-time employee. Got it. And I was just thinking about, as you were explaining what your company does, you have to be super busy because supply chain right now is a mess. Everybody wants everything right this second. And with people being home, you don't even want to wait till after you get home from work now. You just want to click a button and you just want it to magically appear. <laughs> so I can only imagine the strain on your company right now, which is also a great opportunity. Absolutely. You know, the the market definitely plays a, a role in this business. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it'll be on a high and then it can drop to a low the next day and everywhere in between. So, you know, just depending on the market itself, but then also if there's any disruption in the market, if there's like a hurricane, natural disaster, for instance, most recently, the uh, pipeline issue in the southeastern United States related to fuel, that has caused a disruption in the market that has affected our business. So um, whether it's the actual economic market or market challenges like weather, we're, we're always on our toes here. Got it. And another thing that I just want to dig into, since we're talking about hiring challenges, because we know there are different roles and functions that are harder to hire for than others. What are the, the typical roles that you're hiring for at your company? Yeah, absolutely. So we hire um, a good bit of our employee base into an operations role. And so that role is kind of our, our entry point role into the company. Um, you know, great for someone kind of earlier in their career, looking for a career change, college graduate, that type of position, um, because we do have quite a, a nice internal growth structure here at the company for employees. So we're hiring um, a lot for that role. And then we're also on the other side of our business, we're hiring quite a bit for some technical positions as well um, for, uh, you know, software development, you know, things along those lines. So we, we definitely have two different functions right now, specifically today, that we're hiring quite a bit within. Got it. So this is interesting. You're doing work all across the country. You're in a you're in an industry that's growing like wildfire. And it seems like you need a lot of people very fast. And so my question to you is, on the surface, before we go into any of the specific details, what's the biggest challenge for you right now in regards to hiring? I would say there's, there's a number, but I would say the biggest challenge is that right now with where the market is in terms of job availability, there are many, many positions that are available in many different industries. So if you just, you know, depending on where you live um, and what your market looks like, you know, I know locally here, you can drive down the street and see five to seven different businesses hiring, you know, within like a mile, right? So that's a challenge right there is that there's so many places hiring, but also because of all of the different, you know, COVID-19 reliefs that we're experiencing from the government right now, it's not always giving job seekers the biggest incentive to get out there right now and find that job. So because there's so many jobs and then in the marketplace, the job seeker is not as active to get out there. It's causing this really unique conundrum that I don't think that we've seen before um, where it's like employers have jobs 
and they're here and they're available and they may be very well paying, but sometimes the assistance that people have right now isn't always the biggest motivator to get out there today. Will that potentially end in the future? It could because there's an end date to this additional COVID-19 relief. Um, but at the same time, right now, for a growing business, it's definitely a unique challenge. It's fascinating as I'm listening to you talk, especially around the motivation of people to get off the couch and go to work versus just collect the government relief. Um, this may be contrary to popular belief or what most people think about the workforce, but I honestly don't believe that most people or at least a, a large portion of the workforce actually wants to work, but they only work if they have to. And what, the path that I want to go down with that comment is, do you think if you ended up paying two or three times the amount that people are getting from the relief that that would solve the problem automatically? Or do you believe that some of the money that they're getting is enough for a certain portion of people and it wouldn't change anything? Yeah, that's a really unique question. I think that you know, for any company in any position, as you increase the compensation and you increase that total rewards package for any position, it's going to naturally become more attractive. Um, but then again, you look at it and you say, this is potentially only a temporary solution that we would need. What would we do after that? You know, and how would this, you know, affect the equitability of pay in organizations if we were to, you know, two times, three times the compensation just to find the solution now? So that's one thing I will say there is uh, is something on that. And I got to go back here because I got lost on that thought. Can you repeat your question to me one more time? No worries. So, again, and, and this is coming strictly from me, and I guess I give a caveat that, you know, anything that I say does not reflect the company. I guess that's what people do when they're pr trying to be professional. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting that people are forced to work to buy things and go places and do things. But if you surveyed a lot of people, and there have been surveys that people say if they had their choice, whether they had to work or not, a lot of people said no. I don't want to. I don't want to work. Why? I work because I need money, not because I work. Because I absolutely want to go up, get up every day, and do this thing. And with historically the the satisfaction rate of employees being so low, you can see that most people, even if they go to work every day, they hate their jobs. And so it's interesting to me how COVID is really giving more transparency and insight into how people really feel about work and whether people actually want to go to work or not. And so I'm curious, how do you think that this is going to continue to impact your hiring challenges since you're seeing, since you're finding it so difficult and challenging to hire the people that you need? Yeah, I think, I think COVID has also changed the landscape too, not only in what you're saying with regard to individuals' motivation levels to, to go to work, you know, every day and to, and to do that grind. But I also think that you know, COVID has changed the landscape on the overall expectation of the employee with regards to work. So now so many employees, uh, excuse me, so many prospective job seekers, they're looking for remote work, 
hybrid options. So many surveys that I've seen come out on, you know, LinkedIn and different sources have talked about, you know, if your company would require you to come back in office, would you go? And so many people are saying, no, they wouldn't, that they want remote work now. And that's one unique challenge for our business is that, you know, we are, for the most part, outside of maybe certain technology and IT-based positions, we're an in-office company of five days a week. And so that's just part of our culture. That's who we are. Based on the nature of our business, that model works best. So that's another unique market challenge we have. The fact that you know people used to be fine with commuting to an office five days a week. Now COVID has shown them a, a different landscape on that. And for us specifically, that's another unique challenge is not only finding the talent, but finding the talent willing to work in office five days a week. And that you know leaves businesses like ours in the sense of, do we adjust to this new market and new line of thought? Do we keep going with what we believe is best for our business? And I'm sure that there's other leaders like myself that are out there thinking about those same things. Is it possible for any of the people who are in office or in the in office and on site now to do any of their work from home? Is, is that even a possibility? Um, you know what? I think that there there is the potential to do so. But at the same time, based on our business and the work that we do and the highly collaborative nature of our largest teams that serve the business, it would be a, it would be a very big challenge to recreate that in the remote setting. Also, our culture would be very different to recreate in a remote setting. Um, and so for a number of reasons, we just work best in office. Now, again, some of our teams where it makes sense, they do work remotely. But our, our largest teams that do a lot of the operations and sales work for the company, um, along with human resources and other relevant teams, you know, we're, we're in person. We see each other each day and the company feels very passionate about that. And so that's just a challenge that I think that we'll have to continue to work through in this new market. So we've talked about a lot of the challenges and the hurdles of making these hires and bringing people in the door. But now I would like to shift into some of the solutions or at least creative ways that you've been going about this to overcome these hurdles. So what have you and your company been doing to still meet the hiring goals, regardless of this current economic and workforce condition? Absolutely. So uh, we've definitely placed a priority on our talent acquisition teams. So making sure that under the human resources side of the business, we have the appropriate amount of staff to be able to go out and proactively source for and recruit talent. So I think in this market, if you're just relying on applications to come in naturally, you're always going to be a few steps behind. We're currently in a market where even for positions back in, let's say, 2019, that a company would get lots of applications for and they wouldn't have to do any additional work, a lot of that has changed and you're having to go out and source for positions you've never had before. So we, uh, here at my company, um, I've made sure that we have a team on the HR side of the business that's able to go out and actively source for and support that funnel. Um, and I think that leads me to the, another point, which is HR leaders who deal with this talent acquisition as part of their role definitely have to even pay closer attention to their funnel uh, to know I need this many applicants to typically go through the process to get to the result that I need. Um, and so for us here, because we have um, you know hiring classes that start every so often, um, you know, we definitely have to keep an eye on our funnel to know, you know, we need we need this many at the top to typically yield this result. So, um, you know, making sure we have the appropriate staff and really, really paying attention to the funnel 
for each position and trying to forecast that appropriately. Um, those have been some some solutions that we've used here at the business. Have you found that in this new challenging time of hiring, you've needed more candidates in the funnel to get the same amount of hires? Or have you found that it's still the same it's still the same percentage, but it's just harder to fill the top of the funnel? I would say that we need more candidates at the top of the funnel just to yield the results we're looking for. Um, and the reason is because, you know, we're with the talent that we are seeing apply, we're not always seeing our, our best fit talent for the role being some of those individuals that are actively applying. So we have to accompany those uh, applications along with our sourcing efforts for our ideal talent to try and bring that down into a, a number and a place that makes sense. So I think that we need more now than we have in the past. Um, but I would also say that you know companies now too, when it comes to their talent acquisition philosophies, are likely changing and being more flexible with the applicants that do apply and trying to look for those unteachable skills and those trainable skills to see if they can get that person going, where maybe two years ago they would have said, no, we have plenty to choose from. So I think we're even being more flexible too, even as we build the top of that funnel to say, does this person have the unteachables? Can we train this person to get them moving in the right direction? I find that interesting optimizing for those teachable skills. Can we just double down on that for a second? And can you provide some examples of what those non-teachable skills are? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the things that, you know, I would say that, you know, depending on position, um, our company looks for is, you know, uh, a competitive spirit. That's definitely something that, you know, we look for here. It's part of our culture, that healthy competitive spirit. We look for someone with good verbal and written communication skills um, because we know that, you know, during the training process, they're likely to absorb that information well and be able to understand, to learn the skills that we need them to. Um, and we also look for that strong work ethic, someone who is willing to come in to be a sponge, to learn as much as they can, to try and be successful. And some of those things, you know, as we just said, you know, you can't really teach. But what we have done, again, to combat some of these market challenges is for the positions we hire for in more of a high volume manner. We've put together a training program that is rather thorough that we can bring these individuals in with some of these unteachable skills and then put them through a training program in the hopes that they can be just as, you know, positive and fruitful as someone who might come in with some additional skill and ability already. What's interesting about that is I've spoken to other HR leaders and they said that they've done some things like this where they optimize their hiring and recruiting process. And they found that although it may have sound, although it may have felt counterintuitive in the past, it actually provides a much better hiring process moving forward. And they wouldn't have done that had it not been for COVID. So I'm curious, do you believe that you are getting better candidates because you're optimizing for the more non-teachable skills? Or do you think it's pretty much the same as what you had before? Yeah, I think that I think that we are we are seeing a better quality of candidate for a number of reasons now entering our process than maybe prior. I think some of that has to do with the fact that because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've had to increase our our uh, talent acquisition team to be able to go out and find the talent. So we really have individuals focused on finding good talent for the organization at an even higher level than we had pre-pandemic. So I think that that's, that's one. And I also think, too, 
that our, our training program that we've used, similar to what you were just saying with other leaders, to optimize the talent that we are bringing in, I don't know if it would be, have been optimized to the degree that it is now had it not been for the pandemic and the market challenges. So even amidst those things, there's been positive advances for the organization that you're right, may not have happened if it wasn't for what we've experienced. And then last question, James, there's a lot of people out there who are experiencing the same thing and they're trying to figure out where do I start? What do I do? How do I fix this? If there's any parting words of wisdom that you would like to share with anyone listening here in regards to the mindset that they should have as they're trying to hire during this tight labor market, what would it be? My advice would be to make sure that whoever the HR leader is, the talent acquisition manager, whoever's responsible for the hiring strategy, make sure that you are having clear, transparent conversations with your leadership team or your leader that you know is, is going to be overseeing your work to ensure that everyone is on the same page, that they are educated on the market challenges and that they are educated on the steps that you and your team plan to take to overcome those market challenges. Because I think that there's always an organizational pressure, especially when a company's trying to grow or they have a lot of positions that need backfill. There's a lot of pressure on human resources or talent acquisition to get those moving forward. So my advice would be make sure to set clear understanding and to have you know aligned goals with any stakeholders that are relevant to this process. And then also placing a priority focus on knowing that you're probably going to have to go out and source for talent that you haven't had to in the past. What resources do you need to be able to go out and do that until the market flips back over and you start to see more of those applications naturally come in? James, thanks so much for being such an awesome podcast guest. And also thanks for allowing us to be your very first podcast on your for your global podcast debut. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> James, this has been awesome. Thanks so much. Woo! Go James! So James, where can people find you and Elite Transit Solutions online? Yeah, absolutely. So we are we are all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, but if you want to find us in one comprehensive place, myself and find uh, Elite Transit Solutions, you can look us up on LinkedIn. Um, and you can also find me there on LinkedIn um, just by my name, and you'll see that title, Director of HR at Elite Transit Solutions. Happy to connect with uh, any other HR leader, talent acquisition professional, uh, just looking for some you know, additional tips and tricks that might be able to uh, help them through this uh, unexpected and crazy time. All right. And we'll definitely include all of that contact info in the show notes. So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoy this episode as much as James and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and also a nice little note to show that you care and we provided great content. Also, if this, is, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.